Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> ready for you to go ahead and take it away. This. This is the Bellissimo Files. It's the Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yes. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning, how's it going? Hope you're having a great start to your weekend. It's a fun show we have on the way for you this weekend. George and Julia, I mean George Clooney and Julia Roberts, they are back in cinemas this weekend in the rom-com Ticket to Paradise. The two stars that are starring alongside them are Caitlin Dever and Maxine Boutier. They're going to tell us what it was like filming with George and Julia and filming in paradise. I'll also be catching up with Fate the Winx Saga stars Precious Mustafa and Abigail Cowan. They'll talk all about season two and why they always bring wigs to the party. You're going to want to stick around for that. And we'll also be chatting to Eliza, uh, DJ Eliza Rose. She's going to tell us why she's the baddest of them all. And up next, I'm going to intru- introduce you to this week's one to watch. It's Kaya T. Oh, Files. One to watch. This week's one to watch is obsessed with pop and R&B, but loves to throw in some jazz into her sound. She's been performing since she was five, taught herself how to play guitar at the age of ten, and she's just released her debut single, Flight Mode. It's Kaya T. Kaya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. How long have you been working towards this debut single? It feels like a lifetime. Um, but it was probably all in all about a year. The process all together, I think, just with recording and then, you know, it's just like it takes a village, I think. But uh, we got it there. We got there in the end. I mean, you've been filming since the age of five. So this is something you've been looking forward to, I'd say, since then. So what was it like actually making it happen? It was very surreal, I think, just because... It's obviously a scary thing to put yourself out there and, you know, and it's your own music, your own writing. It's You're just kind of hopeful that people will like it. So it's like every single emotion that you can feel. But then once it's actually out there, it's just relief. It's like, okay, thank God now it's finally like all the work that we've done. It's worth it now. But it's probably every emotion, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Happiness is the main one. So how were you feeling last week when you released this? A little bit anxious, I suppose, but um, very excited, very relieved and happy. And, you know, I was just kind of proud of myself too because it's hard. It's like yeah. really hard. Song is like, you know, quite personal and has some kind of lyrics in it that I would find quite personal, I guess. So to put it out there was definitely like hard I guess because people are going to listen and you're writing you know so it's it's like scary but uh yeah no I'm I'm just so so happy I'm so happy so then how do you react when Hot Press says this song wouldn't feel out of place on an Ariana Grande album I know that was definitely a pinch me moment Hot Press is like kind of a dream one for me I've grown up reading it and my dad always kind of pushed the fact that Hot Press was like the one to the one to get on and yeah, that was that was crazy. When um, the guys told me that I'd gotten on Hot Press, I was like, sorry, come again. <laughs> it was amazing, like just to read the fact that somebody else of that calibre, like on that high of a scale, thought that the song was at all good, I suppose. Like to compare it at all to Ariana Grande is like I nearly collapsed. <laughs> so it's out there now. You've been working a year to put it out there. Yeah. What's happening next? Yeah, I mean... We have a lot ready to go. I think we have about five songs ready. Wow. So a few months, we're just going to be getting them out there one at a time. But 
a lot is coming, so this is only the beginning. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited for everybody to hear what's next because this is just kind of like a taster. And you know, each song that I'm going to put out is actually quite different to the next. So it's yeah, it's exciting, exciting times. And then any gigs? Hopefully at the beginning of next year, I'm going to do, you know, like a, a big kind of gig to show all of my music that I've released. How fabulous. If people want to follow you, see what you're up to, gives you social handles. Yep. So it is Kea T on every platform. Instagram is Kea underscore T. And then Twitter, TikTok, everything is K-A-T. So yeah, it's not not too hard. K-A-Y-A and then T. Brilliant. Well, good luck with everything, Kaya. And congratulations on the release of your first single. Thank you so, so much. And thank you so much for having me. Well, before I let you go, will you introduce that single, please? Yes. This is K-A-T and this is my song Flight Mode on the Bellissimo Files. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Julia Roberts and George Clooney have brought the rom-com back with Ticket to Paradise. We're going to be reviewing that a little later on in the film, but... What it's about is basically George and Julia play a divorced couple who travel to the other side of the world to stop their daughter from repeating the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. Playing their daughter is book smart and dope six, Caitlin Dever, and playing the boyfriend is Maxime Boutier. I caught, up the, uh, I caught up with them to find out what it was like working with two of the biggest world, uh, movie stars in the world in paradise. Caitlin, Maxine, congratulations oh. on Tickets to Paradise. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. Caitlin, when you get the phone call from Ol going, hey, no need to audition. You, I want you to be in this film and George and Julia, uh, you don't even need surnames for them. They're going to be your parents. How do you react? I, I, I don't even know. I think I maybe blacked out. I have no <laughs> idea. I, I can't even believe it. Yeah, I, I, all I remember a couple, couple years back, I ran into him at a party, and he's someone that I had I had been dying to work with. Uh, and he said, "I'm I'm writing something um, with you in mind." And I was like, I, mm-hmm. "I didn't I didn't believe him." And then he, sure enough, a, about a year later, he sent me Ticket to Paradise, and then uh, proceeded to tell me that George Clooney and Julia Roberts will be playing my parents. <laughs> and I about fell out of my chair. I really don't. It's 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 crazy. There. I mean. I keep saying this, but like, there's there it, it, just one of them is is a lot, but then two of them in the same movie yeah. is just like, whoa, it's so, <laughs> it's so it's so cool. I remember feeling that way when we said that we were gonna zoom with each other. I was like, I'm gonna zoom with Kit. Oh, oh yeah, and, oh yeah, yeah. I was I was far away. You know? We had we yeah yeah, yeah. it it felt really I special. Our first zoom that was, yeah. that was such <laughs> yeah. a fun time. What was that like? Because you know you're used to hear actors, you're used to doing chemistry reads. Yeah. But it's hard to do a chemistry read on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. I feel like yeah. It, That's why it was really. Dumb. I remember everyone was always everyone was in a different time zone, yeah. a different part of the world, and we were. I, I, but I, it was, it was really easy to have that chemistry with with Max instantly. It was like he, you, you came on screen and and we just. <laughs> well, I remember that day. I, I was very sick. I was like very sick. Unfortunately, when we were doing that uh, read on Zoom the first time we met. I got the, the COVID virus, so I was just like, no way. not well. That's so, so bad. But then we got to read again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was super nervous too the first time. I was like, oh. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was, the best it was great. 
So what was it like? I mean, I, I'm a bit biased because I am from Australia, but mm. you did get to go down to Australia oh. and filming Paradise. Yeah. When you wake up to that every morning, do you ever just go, oh, okay, same old, same old, or are you in awe every single day? Yeah, you're kind of in awe every single day. I did, I did find it kind of funny how quickly I normalised taking a speedboat to work every day. Because, <laughs> I mean... We, that's literally what we were doing. We would all get on. We'd get on a speedboat because we were shooting on. We were we were staying on Hamilton Island and we shot um, a lot on Hamilton Island. But then we'd also shoot at little other like surrounding islands. Yeah. But we'd have to take a, a boat to get there. And yeah. I remember our first day. I took a speedboat. To, yeah. I had my I had my curls set in and I had a little scarf and glasses. I'm like, well, this is great. <laughs> and Audrey um, Hepburn eat your heart. That's what she was doing. No, the wind was really powerful, and so I had to keep the I had to keep the curls contained. Um, but no. Oh, yeah, we were going around with buggies. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were living in our own little dream world yeah, over there. And it looked so much fun as well. That, I can't go without asking about the bar scene. How much of that was scripted, and how much of that was we're just going to sit back and just enjoy this performance? We knew it was iconic in the moment, but then. It, it was really cool to actually see it in theaters last night for the first time, and everybody. There was literally like a full-on everyone. There was a yeah. huge applause um, yeah. after the scene finished. I'm like, yes, this this does, this this deserves that. <laughs> it is going to become one of those iconic scenes. Oh, um, oh congratulations on this film, and I just have to quickly say congratulations on your Emmy. Oh, you must thank, be thrilled. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really it's really cool to be nominated. Um, it's 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 exciting. Enjoy all of this, both of you. So lovely to meet you Thank both. You. You can catch Caitlin, Maxime, George and Julia in Ticket to Paradise. It is in cinemas now. Let's go! What to watch. What to watch. Joining me on the line now is our very own Deidre Malumbi reviewing some of the films that are out this weekend. Dee, the rom-com is back. The rom-com is back. Yes, I'm really... You know what? Two really good movie recommendations for this weekend. So whatever you're going to the cinema to see, there's plenty that's out. Well, let's talk about um, Ticket to Paradise, George, Julia. They don't need their surnames mentioned. Everyone knows who we're talking about. I have to say, not a massive rom-com fan. So excited to see these two back together again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, George Clooney and Julia Roberts, they just ooze charisma, don't they? They're absolutely yeah. fantastic. Now, in this film, they are playing a divorced couple. And even though they make nice for their daughter, Lily, they would gladly rip one another's heads off if they had the opportunity. <laughs> However, they are forced to join uh, forces when their daughter goes on a vacation to Bali. And while there becomes engaged to a local seaweed fisherman, they are determined for her to not make the same mistake they did. So they secretly go about trying to split the couple up. Oh no, let's take a clip. Oh come on. You've got to be kidding me. Excuse me, ma'am. I need to sit somewhere else. We used to be married. Worst 19 years of my life. We were only married for five. You count the recovery. <laughs> George and Julia there, Ticket to Paradise. Even just hearing their voices just makes me smile. I have I know you're reviewing this day, but I just have to say, I know there's flaws with this film, but all the good things for me overtook the flaws. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a 
best thing about it was the fact that it's George Clooney exactly. and Julia Roberts like reunited on the screen. And I mean, like that's the thing about these two actors. They just can pull off pretty much anything and they'll always elevate the standard of a movie, even if it's like a very mediocre script. And here they really do dive um, headfirst into playing the overprotective, cringy parents. Um, I particularly enjoyed one scene in which they consume quite a lot of local alcohol and both get very involved in the whole dad dancing thing. So that was like a bit of fun. But I mean, their characters are so, so petty, like to the point where it's unrealistic. It's funny because they're surrounded by all of these like young characters and yet they seem the most childish out of the lot of them so that is kind of the nature of I suppose this romantic comedy it is very predictable um, but I think that you will kind of laugh along in spite of yourself even though it is very very silly and quite unrealistic and the ending oh my gosh I was just watching this thinking this movie would have ended very differently with regards to uh, Lily's fate if it had been made a couple of decades ago but maybe now I sound like the grumpy <laughs> would be <laughs> well, do you know what, though? Um, I think I, it's just, I think for two hours, and look, it does go for a little bit too long. This needed to be 90 minutes long. But let's, you know, that aside, it was just nice to go into a cinema and just escape for 90 minutes and just laugh and just be involved in their silliness. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you think too much about the whole, you know, um, kind of depiction of, like, language and culture here and, you know, the the realism with regards to Lily's storyline, you really kind of want to, like, put all of that aside and just, like, you know, kind of escape for a couple of hours to uh, Bali. Uh, never mind the fact that it's not filmed in actual Bali, but in Australia, would yeah. you believe? Uh, so there you go. But, I mean, it looks so gorgeous that you don't really care and you kind of can see how these characters would fall in love so much with this place and that lifestyle um, so yeah I think it's also well timed as well because the summer is kind of fading out at this point and this is kind of your last you know gasp for sunlight before it all goes away and becomes colder and more miserable uh, so yeah it's it's a bit of fun I, I think that it won't prove to be one of the big you know great rewatchable romantic comedies but it's a bit of fun very easy to watch exactly and if you're watching this going mm, feels a bit like Mamma Mia it reminds me of that a bit there's no singing don't worry about that George George isn't going to sing for us. But the director of Mamma Mia 2 wrote and directed this too. So that's why it has a bit of a feel of that. What are you going to give it out of five? I'm going to give it three out of five yeah. stars. It's enjoyable. It's just a bit yeah. of fun. If you're looking to, yeah. you know, if you want bubblegum popcorn and you miss George and Julia, go see it. Um, bubblegum popcorn. Bubblegum popcorn type film. Um, <laughs> D, the next film, Rosha and Frank. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's correct. So Irish cinema, between this and on Colleen Kuhn, um, it's just having such a, a moment um, in cinemas currently. Um, so in this film, we're following a uh, widow who, after her um, husband passes away, just really isn't interested in socialising anymore. She keeps to herself. She's very standoffish with the locals. But then one day, a stray dog starts following her around and giving her all these signs, and she becomes utterly convinced that this dog is her husband reincarnated. Um. Producer Aoife was watching the trailer for this and she was like, is this the Irish Marley and me? Is it? Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say so, no. I think that it is quite a different type of story because Rosha and Frank really is about... 
um, grief, I would say. And okay. it's about kind of recovery and kind of growing in confidence because alongside this main storyline of um, the widow, we also follow her son, who's a local doctor who has these very eccentric patients. We also follow this uh, local schoolboy who desperately wants to be a hurler, but he's crippled with shyness. And then the dog starts to coach him and then he like grows in confidence and becomes kind of the star uh, player at his school. So it's a really, really just gorgeous, lovely, feel-good film. Um, even though it is about grief, it is it is jam-packed with humour. It's bittersweet. It's got these gorgeous um, everyday moments and it even captures small-town life so well when you see the locals having a bit of a gossip. Like, it's all in good fun and the dog the dog is just a fantastic actor as well, I have to <laughs> note, um, as is the lead actress, Breedney Nyakton. Um, I just find this movie so irresistible. I think that anybody going to this is going to laugh, smile, even cry a little. I oh, just wow. can't imagine anyone coming out of this having felt anything other than utter, utter love for this movie. It is gorgeous. It is so lovely, so sweet, so feel good. It's it's really, it's well worth a watch. And you kind of forget after a while that it's even in the Irish language. You just read along with the subtitles, you know, um, as you would any other kind of foreign language movie. Um, but it's it's really, really good. And I I'm not it. just saying that because it's Irish. No. I swear, it's really good. Well, what are you going to give it out of five? I'm going to give this four out of five stars. Wow, amazing. What a great week at the cinema. Deidre Malumbi, as always, thanks a million and catch you next week. Thanks for having me. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Early mornings are generally not my favourite thing, but one of my favourite things to do on an early morning is to wake up with Fully Charged with Emma, Dave and Ashling. I want to get to know the presenters a little bit better over the next few weeks, so they're going to be joining me to share their favourite things. And today, I'm in studio with David Hammond. Happy Saturday, Serena. Thank you for joining us on your weekend. No problem at all. Honestly, there's no weekends off. There's no week. There's no days off in, in breakfast radio, but that's OK. I'm happy out. How are you coping with the early mornings? Honestly, I, I thought I'd be much worse. Like, now, to be fair, it's only been a, been a couple of days or whatever, a couple of shows, but I, um, I'm i not going to bed at the right time. I'm definitely going to bed way too late. But I'm getting those little kind of disco naps in uh, during the day, which I, I definitely stand by. I'm trying to eat better, but that's not working at all. Um, that's the hard thing, is I find the eating and the going to bed early. Yeah, it's really, really tough. Plus, like, my housemates are great, and we watch, like, TV shows and stuff at night, and now I just I find myself having to leave early. I'm like halfway through an episode and I go, guys, it's, you know, it's 11 o'clock. I really need to go to bed now, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then it takes me ages to wind down. But no, I'm, I'm loving it. It's it's fun. And I get used to it. I get used to the swing of things, you know? And then will they go on with the TV show without you? Yeah, they will. I, I know. not on. Well, I completely agree. But at the same time, I'm also like, I can't just ask them to stop watching it. Yes, you, know you I mean? can. No. <laughs> they choose something else and then you feel really left out because yeah. they're choosing something else that yes. they watch without you. Okay, well then, let's get straight into it and find out about the TV you're watching right now. Yes. Uh, well, currently... Currently, me and the housemates are re-watching Dope Sick at uh, Disney Plus. So good. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, it's really And Michael Keaton won Best Actor yes. at um, the Emmys yes. this week. Uh, it is just fantastic. But the kind of TV show that I'm watching separately that they have no interest in is The House of the Dragon. I can understand why they have no interest. Yeah. I have no interest either. <laughs> Honestly, I only watched Game of Thrones like six months ago and I binged it All completely. eight seasons. All eight six... seasons, like in, in a month or something like that. I just properly binged it. I'd never watched it before. I didn't think it was my thing at all. And it was decent. I, re- I, I quite enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? 
it wasn't like the greatest thing ever. It was no Breaking Bad, <laughs> but it was good. Like do you no know Breaking mean? Bad. So I agree. Um, do you have a film? Favorite film? Favorite film is a film that as soon as I say it to people, they're going, "No, seriously, what's what's actually your favorite film?" Like that's the weirdest choice. And this is a choice that no one else in the history of the world has probably ever said. But you know that Chris Pratt movie with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, passengers, and they're up in space. And yeah, no one else has said that as no, a favorite ever, film. Ever, Why? Uh, I don't know. I haven't a clue. I just I really like Chris Pratt. I really like Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence. I really like space movies like Interstellar. You know, Gravity. All those kind of space. Yeah, movies. they're really good ones. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> but this has just the you know the, I'm a little bit of a sap to be honest. I love the love and I love you know the ah. I love the thought of just two people on a ship with uh, nothing but like themselves for company and they have the run of the place and I just think it's deadly. Plus, uh, in speaking of Jennifer Lawrence, this makes me look like just a massive Jennifer Lawrence stan but I love Hunger Games as well. That's just yeah. their top tier movies. Do you have a favourite book? So I have a favourite series of books because I feel like picking a favourite book out of this series is, is almost like picking a favourite child. Look, at the end of the day, I'm a, I am a child myself. I'm like a 12-year-old in a 27-year-old's body. <laughs> I love these child spy novels it's called Cherub it's the Cherub series I've never heard of and, them and uh, they're genuine I read them I'd say I'd, I'd read them once a year like they're so good they're so childish and they're so, they're like they're old now at this stage but uh, I read them as a kid and just never stopped reading them but I'm currently um, I'm not reading but I'm listening to the audiobook of Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died you know Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly if you grew up with Nickelodeon and stuff like that and honestly after hearing what had happened I just wanted to give her money so I just oh. bought the audiobook and I think I'll buy the book as well she's amazing and the book, the audio book is, is fantastic. Really okay, good. you've sold it to me. A uh, song that everyone should have on their pumped up playlist or the song that should wake people up? Well, currently uh, what I'm obsessed with at the moment is David Guetta's version of I'm Good. You know the I'm good, yeah. Yeah, that one. It just makes me smile every single time. I love it. Favourite song of all time. Um, I'm a bit of a, an emo kid. Hanging out with Central Bank kind of guy. Oh. That's That was me as a kid. Like, um, So Panic of the Disco, New Perspective is just top tier. Uh, anything by like Blink or All Time Low and all those all those emo bands. Love them. Favourite album? Favourite album is I'm going to go completely against the emo thing here um, because I'm not really an album guy but there is one album that I love every single song on the album and that is F Love by The Kid Leroy. Another Australian by the way. I'm like his biggest fan. I love him. He's Everything he releases is gold. What podcast are you listening to right now? Well, I'm obsessed with Darren and Joe Stall It, uh, Go Loud Network. I'm obsessed with Talking Books. I think it's really, really great. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on air but that is the name of the podcast and I am currently waiting for season two of the Alan Partridge podcast from the Oast House so I'm very excited about that Irish people really love Alan Partridge oh man especially radio people yes. like I love him I'm obsessed with him I only saw him in the Three Arena like a couple of months ago and he is just so so funny I'm obsessed what app can't you live without I remember you asked this to one of your guests before and they said maps and I was like that's so that's actually yeah. such a good shout um, because that is definitely true because honestly you need to get I need to get from Rat Mines to, to like my family in Finglas and I'm like okay even though it's to the M50 I'm just going to stick the maps on but um, for me it's probably Probably TikTok. I get too bored uh, just sitting there watching a TV show, so I need to watch TikTok while I watch the TV show, you know what I mean, while I have Twitter on and the laptop or something. You it's know really I mean? bad. It's I so think bad. The only way I can stay off my phone is if I'm watching a foreign show. Yeah. So oh, like, oh, you know, yes. Squid Game. Yes. I put it on in Korean, so I had to read the subtitles, and I realised how much of a show I'm missing when I'm, like, on my phone. 100%. Your favourite, um, your favourite account to follow on social media? I have two. So, do you follow the 
the pool guy. No, who's he's that? the guy who cleans the swimming pools in the <laughs> He's UK. Serious? He is. It's just so good. I don't know why it is so. It's like ASMR or something. It's relaxing. It's just so <laughs> nice to watch. But the other one, I have to say, just because you've got Australian on the brain here now, Serena. Yeah, go on. Um, is Robert Irwin, Steve Irwin's son? Does he have? So he has his own TikTok, which is actually really quite new. But he, the way he is with animals, the way he is with people, and just the way he is on his, you know, because he does. He works in the park and he does his own show, and he's just brilliant to listen to he's so, and just a watch he's great and your favourite thing to do on a weekend I suppose doing the breakfast show is just chill now on the weekends um, come in and see you that's, uh, <laughs> thanks, that's <thanks>. always good <laughs> but I suppose anything like sports whether playing it or, or watching it so watching the Premier League on a Saturday watching the Formula 1 on a Sunday uh, maybe playing five aside with lads or tennis I really like tennis going out being social um, or just sitting you know sitting in on a, with the housemates and watching TV show or something like that well enjoy what's left of your weekend because yeah. you're back with us on Monday from 7 o'clock, fully charged with Emma, Dave and Ashling. David Hammond, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Serena. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. A song that I've had on repeat all summer is Eliza Rose's Baddest of Them All. I'm not the only one, though. The song has spent the past five weeks at number one on the Irish charts. It's also topped the UK charts, making Eliza Rose the first UK female DJ to hold a number one in 20 years. That's just mad. And it also means that Baddest of the Mall is the UK's 1400th number one single. I caught up with her recently. Eliza, congratulations. Thank you so much. How's it all feeling? It's been really great. I mean, I think it was, I don't think it's really going to hit me properly for at least like probably another few years. It happened so quickly <laughs> out of the blue that it's really kind of hard to to gauge. It's been a very surreal experience, but I'm loving every moment of it. Yeah, because when it first came into the charts, it hit, it was at number 96. So you've been steadily mm-hmm. watching it go up. And, you know, when it hit number two, you had to have thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can we? Can we not get to number one? But even if we don't, number two is huge. Exactly. I think for me, I, I, I really didn't care about how, where it went in the charts. I was just amazed it was even in the charts in the first place. Every time it got higher in the charts, I was just like ecstatic. But then, of course, when it got to number two, it was so close to number one that then I was, it was the first time that I really was hoping and allowing myself to believe that it could go. And then it stayed at number two for two weeks. Yeah. And um, actually, I'm glad it did because it made me really, really want it more and realize how it would be to go to number one. Whereas before, I think it was such a surreal experience. I wasn't really taking in the gravity of what it actually was. This was our dance track of the week when you first released it. So that was June sometime. And I was on your Instagram a couple of weeks before you released that. You actually said, I can't lie. I've really lost my confidence with DJing in the last few weeks. I had, I think it swings and roundabouts. It's quite strange. Like I had a moment where I was just literally kind of like, do I want to do this? I had a couple of gigs that I didn't, I wasn't really like completely happy with. And um, I just lost my confidence for a little bit. I think it happens when you're creative, it happens kind of, you know, these things happen and sometimes you're not feeling as great and you don't always feel on top of the world. And it's funny that then after that shortly came the track coming out and it doing so well and then my world was like completely changed again. So, yeah, there was a real low moment that I've just felt kind of down, but then Bota kind of came around and changed that for me, to be honest. Eliza, it's mad to think that it's been 20 years since Sonic actually went to the top. We feel so good. Like, and there hasn't been another female DJ at the top of the charts. How do you hope this moment will impact women in the dance scene? I hope it kind of 
shines a light and creates space to see for women that, you know, there is space for us to, to be here. And I think we're at a kind of change at the moment where underground music is actually getting a little bit more of a... Yeah. And I think it's good to be kind of at the, the beginning of that change, really. And hopefully it will be like inspiring for other young women and female identifying and black women and black people to to see you know that there's space for good underground dance music to get the respect that it deserves well my my producer and i producer Aoife and i are huge dance music fans and this summer we've been so excited because it just seems like it is starting to make a comeback and yeah. the sad thing is though I, I don't know about in london but in dublin and ireland a lot of the clubs are starting to close. So I got really excited when I saw in Berlin that clubs are now being reclassified from entertainment sites to cultural sites. What do you make of that? That's fabulous. And I really think that's what it should be. Like, I hope that, you know, we'll follow in the footsteps and, and do something like that as well, because at the end of the day, they're important parts of our culture. Yeah. And they bring a lot of money into the industry and into like, the country as well people come all over the world for Glastonbury and things like that and they're important part raving and raving culture is an extremely important part of the overall culture and I think it doesn't really get the respect that it deserves really well I know how I feel when I'm on that dance floor what do you feel like when you're in that booth making that space happen I love it I feel like it's kind of a bit of like um you know it's a privileged job to be able to create joy basically and create good times and good memories for people and that's fantastic but as much as I like being in the booth I love to be on the dance floor equally as the same amount so I love to be on both sides I love to be raving it up and I love to be creating the rave as well yeah well, I'm glad you're doing both what's next for you I'm going to just concentrate on putting out good underground dance music. Um, I'll carry on gigging. And yeah, just kind of pushing the underground to to kind of be getting the respect that it deserves, basically. Good dance music, lots more good dance music is, is in my future, I think. Oh, yes, please. So that I am here for that, Eliza Rose. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. Absolutely no worries. Break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? in studio is producer Aoife. Aoife, what did we miss this week? Well, big, big news for people who are Disney movie lovers like myself yes. and may have been the era of High School Musical. I, hold on, we need to come back a step because I didn't realise how big a Disney fan you were. Yeah. Until we went to a Disney trivia night together. Yes. And you really got into it. And then you yeah. showed me your ankle. <laughs> you need to give some context to that. Oh. And you showed me your ankle. I have a Mickey Mouse tattoo on my ankle is what Serena is alluding to. Not that you can see it because we're on radio. <laughs> but yes, I am a big, big, big Disney fan. And if you are the same, there's very specific eras of Disney fans. I uh, personally am from the High School Musical one. I know there's the Camp Rock era, all that type of thing. High School Musical was a big thing for me when I was younger so I was really happy when High School Musical the musical the series the musical the series whatever it's called like it's so many words came back and they were doing they were going I don't know even how to explain it they're from the town that the original High School Musical was in and they, they're they doing just a got musical the same title the like, musical yeah, it's yeah. very complicated but it's That's a really good. great series yeah. yeah and what's made it even more exciting in the last few weeks is there's rumours the original High School Musical cast will be reunited Uniting in High School Musical, the musical, the series. Hold on a sec. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me that Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens 
will be coming back. Apparently it's in the works. So Vanessa and Zach have been very bold and have been teasing us on Instagram because what they both did was recently shared photos and videos outside the school where it was filmed. Why am I more excited about Vanessa and Zach being in the same room together? I know. So, now they weren't together when they took the videos and the photos, but they separately posted them outside it. So everyone was like, oh my God, are they coming back to go into High School Musical, the series? I can't say the full title every time. It's just too much. (laughs) Are they going back into the series, like to cameo? Uh, But that's not happening. Season three has just ended. It didn't happen. Okay. But there's rumours that season four is going to be a reunion of the original High School Musical Okay, I'm here for that. I'm here for I will go and binge your first three seasons. I hope if you're a High School Musical fan, I think that would have made sense to you. If you're not a High School Musical fan, I'd say you're very confused right now because it's a very complex, (laughs) like, breaking the third wall, like, thing that they've done with this series. It's very, very complicated. But, yeah, we're hopefully going to get Zach, Vanessa. They said people have complicated schedules, but they're trying to get as many together. I'd love to see Ashley Tisdale. Yes. Like... It would be amazing to see them all come back okay, together. Okay, well, we're, we're going to be stalking those pages. And I think I might have to watch High School Musical tonight now. Yeah, I, I think we all will. I'm going back to watch the musical, the series, the series, the musical. Um, let's, let's talk about Lewis Capaldi. Yes, so this week, um, Lewis blew up. Obviously, he has new music out, which we had as our track of the week last week on uh, the show. He has done a very deep and personal interview on the podcast, The Diary of a CEO, with Stephen Bartlett. He's a very honest and open person anyway, but he really went another level deeper on this and he spoke about his anxiety. He spoke about having Tourette's, which he'd never spoken about before. Oh, wow. um, he actually said he's gotten panic, atta- panic attacks so bad he's had to call his mom and she has to come stay in his bed with him because he, she's the only one who can bring him out of them. Now, in typical fashion, he went into really deep, really candid conversation and what everybody has picked up on is the fact that he also spoke about how he's been kicked off dating apps. Why? <laughs> he's been banned from Tinder, from Hinge, from Bumble. Banned? Kicked off. Maybe banned is the wrong word, okay. but definitely kicked off. Why? Because everyone thinks he's fake. <laughs> when people come across <laughs> Lewis Capaldi on Tinder, on Hinge, on all of them, they go, that can't be real Lewis Capaldi report. Yeah, I'd And be, he keeps getting thrown off. I'd probably be doing the same thing. I'd be yeah. like, what? But he, I love that he's on all three. He, he's also tried another one. I can't remember what that one's called, but that what he said was far, far too risque for him. Yes, so he's yeah. staying off that one. There isn't there a celebrity date nap? Maybe he needs to try that. Yes. Um, is it oh. Raya? Is Raya. It Raya. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a few celebrities talk about using that. It must be so weird, though, to be on it and scroll through and be like, oh, there's Lewis Capaldi. Yeah. Actually, Joanne McNally, doesn't she talk about being on it? Yeah. Or we used to be on it. Like, it must be so mad seeing all these faces that you already know and have a preconception of. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. So if you come across Lewis Capaldi on Tinder, just don't report him. It could be the real him. It could be him and you could be going <laughs> on a date with him. Um, my news is we all know that college is going back and either it can be so, so expensive. Oh, yeah. And especially now that you need all this tech stuff. There's a lot to get. A lot. There really is. Well, here at SPIN, we have you sorted for Back to College. Thanks to Appliances Delivered, we have uh, we are giving one lucky student a chance to win over €1,000 of a tech bundle, which includes a HP laptop, a laptop bag, wireless printer, a new Sennheiser Momentum 4 headphones, and you'll be ready 
to go back to school yeah. with that. So all you need to do is please don't text us in here. Head over to our socials at officialspring1038 is where we have our Instagram. Go check out that post and you could be in a chance to win that. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. A series that topped the charts for Netflix last year was Fate, A Wink Saga. It's back for season two and coming back are two of the favourites, Abigail Cohen and Precious Mustafa. This year, things have really ramped up at Althea. Things are going mad. The fairies are having to deal with other monsters. So much is going on. So I thought I'd catch up with Abigail and Precious to find out more. Precious and Avi, great to see you guys again. And congrats on coming back. Thank Thank you. you. Good to see you. How does it feel, Abigail, to be back given the reaction to season one? Incredible and crazy and just exciting. I mean, yeah, I think we all were very um, pleasantly surprised surprised at the, the, you know, the reaction and really, yeah, happy about it. I've been following you guys on Instagram and Abigail, (laughs) I loved your posts while you were here in Ireland and the caption summed it up perfectly. It was... (laughs) Thank you for the shenanigans, Ireland. <laughs> I want to know all about those shenanigans and I want to know if the wigs you brought down for season one <laughs> came back for season two. Oh, they came back. They did, right? Full force. Yeah, I brought, the, I brought the wigs. I always bring the wigs. Well, for yeah. anyone who doesn't know about the wigs, why do you bring the wigs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, good question. <laughs> I would say the wigs... I don't even know where they stemmed from. I just find it fun. Mm. You know, if you're having people over. She and people judge. The, fir- the, the first time you tell them about the wigs, <laughs> they judge you. And then I always say, get a couple drinks in. I'm going to be seeing all on. of you in these wigs. <laughs> and sure enough, they are. They are. And I'm the one Pre- that isn't. It's uh, all precious. Blackmail. <laughs> Did the wigs make it to your nights out? Oh, yeah, they did. The wigs came everywhere. I'm pretty sure there's a video of us wearing the wigs. Yeah, there's a video. There's footage out there of us wearing these wigs. I don't regret it. There's also video of Abigail doing the Irish jig where you're trying to learn how to do some Irish dancing. Oh, my gosh, yes. Remember when we went to Pizza... We went to Pizza Express. (laughs) Oh, we met the... The manager, the manager ended up letting us stay. Yeah, after it closed, so we were just chilling, and then it, I think I don't know how random. I don't know how it, we, we got into conversation of getting up and dancing. Yeah, how did that even happen? Well, he he was like a professional Irish. Jigger. Yeah, and he knew that he sang. Yeah, he sang while yes. he danced, and so I wanted to learn. <laughs> and I thought, and so you did. So I did. Well, you tried. I was out of breath. <laughs> You're like she's out of breath. <laughs> After like two steps in. (laughs) Let's talk about season two. What was your favourite part, Precious? I'd say my favourite part was getting to work with Brandon. He's an amazing actor, very generous. So, yeah, it was was really nice working with him and it was always a good vibe on set when, when we were doing those scenes. And for you, Abigail? I would say I think like coming back for season two. I think when we all saw each other for the first time and, you know, got to go to the table read and read the first script or the first two scripts mm-hmm. and, you know, realize like, oh my gosh, we're really doing this. Like it's season two, we're back at it. Precious on your Instagram, again, you did a photo dump and the caption was, as you know by now, I'm obsessed 
with my wonderful castmates. So what was it like on that last day where, you know, it's not only just a, a project where you get to go home, you're sort of living together because you're in Ireland as well. So mm. is that goodbye a really tough goodbye? What was that last day like? I mean, I guess it's always, it's like, it's very anticlimactic when yeah. we say bye. We're just like, yeah, bye. Where's Precious? Oh, she's already flown back home. Like, oh, I think, yeah, I did. I yeah. flew back first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were just like, peace. <laughs> Bye, guys. We're like, okay. Yeah. I think it's always it's bittersweet because I don't get to see Abby and I don't get to see Paulina because they're in the States. Yeah. And yeah. Danny's in the States. So it's like we don't all get to see each other. And then people are like filming other things and doing other things. So it's, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet because life kind of catches up with you after you finish filming. I know you don't have all the answers, right? But is there a hope that you'll be seeing each other again for season three? Of course, there's a hope. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, not up I to us. So. Not in our control. To be honest, we just need loads of people to watch it. Yeah, if people watch it, then watch it, watch through. it, watch it. Abigail and Precious, if last season was anything to go by, you'll be topping the charts on day one as well. Um, and I have no doubt I'll be chatting to you two again for season three. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Season two of Fate, The Wink Saga is streaming now on Netflix. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Aoife is back in studio with us and I've just, I don't know how I've missed this, I've had the running order all show and I've just seen who one of the clips is for, for new music. Oh God, which one are you talking about? The Pressure. Uh, keep going. Okay, okay. It's not we'll the first two. This first, one. <laughs> this first one, I'm really, really excited about. I, when I first heard this, I was like, oh my God, this is so catchy. It's a new one from Amory. She's teamed with H, who you've heard a lot on Spin. We love him here. And uh, this is called Psycho. Let me see if you can pick up who the, I'm uh, not going to say sample, but who would, what song it alludes to. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Amory can do no wrong in my books. I just think she's so cool. Yeah. The, some, she just gives off a very cool vibe. And I actually heard um, she played Electric Picnic and apparently she was one of the best sets of the weekend. I really want to catch her live at some point. And I actually heard this during the summer. She teased it on TikTok. And at the time I was like, what is that? What What's the like tune I'm hearing? Mambo number five. Of course it is. Yeah. With a them. little bit of Monica in my life. It said it's Anita and Bianca and everyone else she says. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that is up against. Who? Yes, that is up against Charlie Pute. This is the new one from him called I Don't Think I Like Her. Oh, it's really sad where my brain's at. I've been watching all of Cobra Kai. I've been to season five and I was just thinking, oh, that would have been perfect in Cobra Kai season five. <laughs> yeah, poor Charlie sounds like he's a bit heartbroken at the minute and just writing women off because they just want to break his heart all the time. Aww. So Charlie Pete is up against Amory and H for our track of the week. This is the one you're excited about. A I new really one from am. Carly Rae Jepsen. It's called Talking to Yourself. Oh, I didn't want that one to stop. I thought it was a little bit Kylie-esque. Yeah, it wasn't until you said it. They went, yeah, yeah, yeah a bit of that. And she does have a bit of a cult following as well, like Kylie. And she's got a new album out or coming out called The Loneliest Time. I can't wait to hear the rest of it because I do quite like that. Yeah, me too. But now it's time for this. Come on. Are you ready? Eva's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> Okay, this is the time that I get very excited. What have you brought us this week? Well, one of my favourite, favourite artists at the minute is called Fred Again, who has been my dance track of the week before. Fred Again is back again with his new track called Danielle Smile on My Face. Love, love Fred Again sound. I'm obsessed and I'm even more happy because he's bringing, he announced his track along with an album called Actual Life 3, which we can expect at the end of October and a European tour, which I'm hoping means he'll come to Dublin. 
That'd be fantastic. Yes, I will be there. Yeah, can, can I come to that one too? <laughs> that is not your Bellissimo Falls track of the week. I can't wait for you to hear this full track. It's from Anne-Marie and H and it is called Psycho. We love that. So do you. You voted that. Your Bellissimo Files single of the week. It's the new one from Anne-Marie and H. Psycho. How good is that? I absolutely love it. If you want to catch that and more new music, make sure you head over to spin1038.com or our app and you get the Fresh Hits playlist over there with all of the latest new music. Do you know what's going on in my head right now? I'm hearing Psycho and Mumbo number Psycho five on two, di- <laughs> <laughs> on two different tracks in my head. I've got Monica and then I've got Psycho. It's actually quite a talent of a radio person. You can hear two things at once. <laughs> we were talking about that off air. But yeah. um, up next on Spin, we have Jess playing some great new tracks. Um, next week, I'm so excited. We've got Lucas Bravo who is in Emily in Paris. He's talking about Ticket to Paradise and we've got more from Fate, a Wink saga. Enjoy what um, is left of the weekend and Aoife and I will be back next week. Bye. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin.